Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 42 with Pastor Mark and Pastor Miles. What was our saying that we came up with? Uh, smart enough to be dangerous or something like that? Yeah, my, my grandfather used to say, my dad used to say, you've got enough brains to be dangerous. We are smart enough to be dangerous. Yes. And this is the Spiritual Minty Freshness Hour Plus. And let's not forget that big old hunk of cold-blooded love. Indeed. Hunk of hunk of cold-blooded love. love. And it's been a little bit colder lately. So um, that's good because I was ready for some cooler weather. Were you ready for some cooler weather? I totally was. I just got back from vacationing. We had our like one week of fall and all the leaves turned colors briefly. Well, it was like we got fall and then we got full on winter. Yeah. And then we got a little bit more spring, summer back, and then we got fall, winter again. So. Yeah, because it is. It's the most wonderful mm-hmm. time of the year. Yes, it is. I feel wonderful. And since it is the most wonderful time of the year, you know what that means, Mark? What? It's time to bring out our Christmas trees. Oh, I'm going to break mine and, out. And light our LED Christmas trees that were given to us. Yes. By our friend... Dennis. Dennis, years ago. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you know, I'm breaking mine out, bringing mine in the office. So we have our, I little, love mine. We have our little Christmas trees lit here. Awesome. And you know what else? It's the most wonderful time of the year. I have my, only this time of year, my Starbucks Caramel Brulee Latte, Ooh. which is dreadful for you. And I brought an extra special surprise, another Christmas tree-esque thing for us here today. Oh, really? Let's yeah. see. I have it down here. Per this, this is proof that it's still the most wonderful time of the year. You brought eggnog? What'd you bring? Reese's has the Christmas tree. Whoa. Treats. The Reese's peanut butter cup Christmas tree is wow. one of the most fantastic things of the holiday so season. So it's like a Reese's. This is by far the best Reese's peanut butter cup you will ever have. Let me Mark. examine that. This is even, it even tops the, the Easter egg Christmas tree or the Easter egg Reese's peanut butter cup. These are hands down when they come out. Uh, in fact, I saw a commercial. I was running on the treadmill the other day, and Reese's is advertising these. And you know what it says at the end of the uh, commercial? It has printed on the screen, sorry, not sorry. Ha! Yes. These are amazing. That's a Pee Wee Herman quote. There is uh, the, perfect, sorry. <laughs> the perfect consistency of the Reese's peanut butter and the chocolate in the Christmas trees that Reese's wow. peanut butter cups. Wow, I didn't know about those. Oh, these are amazing. Wow. They're awesome. So, Merry Christmas. Thank you. If I have some peanut buttery freshness there. Right on. Man. I you know you what? don't have a peanut allergy. I don't. Good. That's and, good. But I, I, if you went into anaphylaxis right here, I'd have oh, to call 911. man. Kind of a funny coincidence. Uh, there was a, I used to have a helper that would help me when I was doing uh, children's ministry mm. back many moons ago. That's where you got your start. That's where it all started. Yeah. And I nicknamed her Cacahuate. Oh, the peanut. Which means peanut. Mm. And it turns out, she I didn't know this, but I found out later from her parents, and they thought it was a great coincidence and that I knew. Yeah. But I didn't, is she was deathly afraid of peanuts. Like Afraid she, or allergic? Well, afraid because she was allergic, it would kill her. Gotcha. And so um, I just named her Kakawate because it was a great name. At my kid's school, they have a whole peanut table. Really? For the kids with the peanut allergies, so it's like... The poor kids get segregated. There is segregation there you in go. schools today. It's the peanut allergy segregation. They're second-class nut citizens. Yep, that's right. Poor kids. They can't have Reese's peanut butter cup trees. Wow, that's bad. We have our we have our Christmas trees flashing here. We've got our Reese's peanut butter cup trees. This is this is 
Christmas time. Who needs snow and all that? Let it snow, let it snow, yeah. not here. It snowed in the mountains this last weekend. You know, I was um, in, they have like the cheap skate special out there in Catalina. I stayed in Catalina. Uh-huh. And it was kind of cool because we went and did a little uh, hiking mountain climbing type stuff. Yeah. And not that I'm an this avid. This is you and your wife? Yeah. I'm not that I'm an avid climber person. It was just steep enough that. I don't know. You, you weren't on like your hands and Alex knees. Alex Honnold guy that climbed El Cap. There you just go. Just like him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Could you see him without my carcass up? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. The, the, it was, it was you know, pretty steep, but it was beautiful. But you could see the mountains in the background was of it Los Angeles. It was all snowy ah, mountains, all Edelweiss. We, um, I guess it must have been the Wednesday. No. Gosh, when was it? Maybe it was a week ago, Tuesday or something like that. We took the kids up to Julian before the weather came. And the storm was, you know, moving in. It was starting to come. I guess it was last Wednesday we went up there because I took some time off last week too. Yeah. So we went up to uh, Julian uh, last Wednesday, a week ago Wednesday, and uh, the storm was coming in and like the news, they were all there, the news. Storm watch. Yeah, they were doing that. And we walked by right as the gal from, I guess, 10 News. She was doing her little piece and she was saying, well, in the last hour, an eerie fog has rolled in, just like if it were Halloween. And she's, oh, and the, the stores are battening down the hatches. We were all trying not to bust up laughing and wreck her little live news moment. Wow. Stormwatch. Stormwatch. Oh, my goodness. The snow is coming. What's, what I think is funny is when it rains here, yep. every news camera in town is gathered around that one spot in Mission Valley yep. where there's some poor fool from out of town decides he's going to drive through the puddle and get stuck. It's the best. And they you, don't... You think they probably pay that guy. I bet he works for 10 It's years. probably a truck. They it's probably roll it off the back of a it's tow totally truck. It's totally a plant. And film it. You I mean, talk about fake news. That's fake news. Hey, you with the little Honda Civic, can you just drive through here? Don't worry. We'll pay for damages. We just need a moment in the news. Oh, just... No, just call like Rent-A-Wreck or somebody oh, or a college auto wrecking and they put it in there. You never see a person in there. Hey, so in the news, I stumbled upon this today. Uh-oh scientists' brains shrank a bit after an extended stay in Antarctica. The effects of isolation and the monotonous environment may be to blame. So apparently there was a group of scientists that were in Antarctica for 14 months, and somehow they measured their brains before they went there, which is kind of funny. Like, have you ever had your brain measured? No, I, I'm not sure it goes that small. I mean, it's I like, don't hey, know. boys, let's get our brains measured before it we go to Antarctica. It was a walnut. Now it's a... The kind of a like a and Brazilian then, nut. And then when we come back, we're going to get our brains measured again, and we'll see what happens. Shrinkage. It shrank. Their brain shrank Shrink. in oh, Antarctica. Oh, man. Antarctica. I thought that was um, interesting. German you know, I research. went in the water in Alaska once. <laughs> I, I know where you're going, and I, no. I think you might want to push pause. No, no. From your head to your toe, yeah. everything shrinks. Oh, your yeah, you entire feel, body. You do feel your head kind of go. Yes. Yeah. And so you're in, you know. 38 degree water not for long i might add. no no do you get the big suit on no i didn't have a suit on don't they have the big orange that if you're on oh the rack, a, a, yeah 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 that? a survival suit survival suit yeah no you, you still don't last very long you've got that sucker in your no no, no you can you water. can you can go an hour or so an hour and 38 degree water well oh. in the sir in the gumby suit yeah Whew. but um or sometimes more but no i i was in the water just in camouflage pants Ooh. head to toe i mean everything from your toe degrees? to your to your hair follicles shrink yeah, you just feel it. Yeah, so if I ever need to do like a modeling gig, I'm just dumping in the ice water. Well, I mean, you know, it, that's the big thing that all these guys do now is that they, they do the plunge in like 50-degree water, you know, the ice bath thing every morning to get them going and ready for the day. They're loco. That's what uh, that big, tall guy with the gargantuan, the gargantuan guy, Tony, what's his name? 
does the big Tony know, Robbins. Robbins. Tony Robbins. He's, he's an ice the, bath. He's, he's the ice bath thing. Wow. Yeah. He's I hear one. he's going to be in the new Herman Munster movie. <laughs> he's got that. Are forehead. you joking? Yeah, I'm totally joking. Okay, all right. Because I didn't know. No, maybe you. Were could serious. you see Herman Munster as a motivational speaker? Absolutely. Oh, I love. Actually, you know, Tony does some good things. I just wish he wouldn't well, cuss so much. He's kind of in the news for some bad things. Oh no! Yeah, there may be some some allegations, oh. very old allegations. Yeah, Bummer. back from back from like twenty five years ago. Oh, so yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Would you want anybody back in your past twenty five years ago? I was. I was pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I was just kidding. No, I was gonna no. say I was. I don't want to bring up. I don't want to bring up anything. I was fine like twenty five years ago, but you know what? Uh, you know, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Thirty-five years ago, probably didn't want my past out there. No, I couldn't. I wouldn't. You know, I man, wouldn't want to were, run for office. You were wading in thirty-eight degree water in Alaska. All's good, man. It was good. Yeah, head to toe. And then you know, the bummer was, I jumped in. It was after crabs, and they were dead. You were going to grab crabs yes, that were there. Yes, and they they were dead. They were dead. It was a terrible disaster. Were they frozen? No, they no, were just dead. Just dead. Some crab boat had dumped dead crabs oh, there. What a they were bummer. just moving enough to look alive. When I got them, they were dead. You can't eat them. Mm, no, you so don't want to eat It seemed dead. like a you great know, idea. That's actually biblical. You don't want to eat the crab stuff, especially if it's, I yeah, know, it's not kosher. I Growing up, you know. Could be dangerous. Where I grew up, you, you don't know a lot about this kind of stuff, you know, in the woods. Right. And all. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tony Robbins is in trouble. That's a bummer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I saw I saw a headline about a week and a half ago, and I read a portion of the article it actually was something that apparently happened at some camp in um, Catalina, I think it was, years and years and really? years and years ago. Yeah, a long time ago. But Wow. That's that's not our show. That's another show. That's some other show. They're trying to dig dirt up on that's people. Way We're too, trying to get the dirt off of people. That's way too much news for me. I like strange stories like scientists' brains have shrunk while they were in Antarctica. Well, I'm just saying, I mean. See what science can do to your brain? It make it shrink while you're in Antarctica. Wow. Hmm. I mean, how did they, did they use a pair of calipers? Did they weigh the brain? brain? I mean, how would you do? We probably have a neuroscientist who listens to our show. He could tell us how you measure the size of a person's brain. Well, I'm sure Escondido's famous for our plethora of neuroscientists. We have some neuroscientists around here. This is where they like to vacation, I'm told. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they they do their experiments. Yeah. I was going to say, when they're all out of the monkeys for the program, they're coming here. Right. This is, yeah, this is the place. They're going to find us. Wow. We did talk a couple weeks ago, I think it was, about, you know, you can work pretty well with a half a brain. And so we were were happy to hear that. Whoa. Yeah. These scientists, they're just, their brains are shrunk. They still have a whole brain, though. They're not functioning on half a brain like us. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. You would think, though, I mean, you know, if you were a smart scientist, you probably wouldn't spend most of your time in Antarctica. So I, there's nothing to do there. I'm sure they're not sending the best of the best to Antarctica. Yeah, it's kind of like the Siberia for people right. who are bad in Russia. Like, yeah. You know what? You got a D on this assignment here. Yeah. You're going to Antarctica. You're going to study ice. You two, ca- you two characters are going to Antarctica. Do you like Cadbury cream eggs? Uh, not as much as I did buy some Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, they, they look like eggs, but they're actually supposed to be Christmas lights. Really? Mm. But yeah, the Cadbury, yeah, I like the one with the caramel in it. I don't know about the, the eggy stuff in those. The, not my favorite. Hmm. I like them. I don't know why That's I like That's a different them. holiday. Where did that come from? It I just, just came out of left squirrel. field. I just saw the Christmas so. tree and my other, I, I love Easter. Not because of the candy. We're way too far away from that holiday. This but, is yeah. Christmas season. We got lights. We got Most wonderful time eggs. of the year. We got caramel brulee lattes. Good. I remember one year I got you. Didn't I get you like a three pound Reese's peanut butter I saw those last cup? night. I saw them last what night. What do they weigh? Target. 
They were big. two pounds. Two, two pounds. pounds. Okay. They were big. Yeah, they had the they had the Snicker bar. They had the uh, they have a I think they have a Crunch bar, a giant Crunch bar now, and then they had the big peanut butter cups, huge. But those ones, uh, they're not like these. There's too much chocolate in those ones to oh. hold that big sucker together. They put too much chocolate. And uh, but these, it's just like a light coating of chocolate. You know, another thing. This is this is outside campfire season in our house. You can do these right s'mores. here. S'mores with Reese's, Reese's make butter great cups. s'mores. They do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Wow. You know, we this is like the always the food section of our show. The food and news they kind of go together. Absolutely. Yeah. You ever there's certain shows you watch mm-hmm. on TV, and it's like I got to get else something would you to watch eat. Shows. Well, in the theater. A show that would be well. A movie. Okay, all right. A movie. All right, right. I'm getting technical. I mean, you could watch it on your iPad or your phone. I guess. I guess. Yeah. So, like, you don't watch much TV. Although, I, Andrea and I did see a totally hokey because I know how much you like hokey Christmas, uh, Christmassy type. Likes know. not really the word. Really enlighten me. So, every year the guys. In fact, we got to start the board up there because it is December mm. of the cheesiest Hallmark type yeah. Christmas movies. Uh-huh. They all end the same. Pretty much, yeah. There's always a beautiful home that none of us could afford that's decorated right. perfectly. That's exactly what this was. Unhappy people that are supposed to be happy. And everybody ends up happy in the end, so that's good. But they're very predictable. Yes. And so every year we kind of rank the cheesiest and we compare notes. Like some people would maybe compare their soap operas. Remember, like, well, you weren't alive when General Hospital was I, I know General Hospital. Okay, but originally, like, it was a big craze in high school. Uh, back when mastodons roam the earth still, when I was in high school. Uh, but you would always hear the girls talking about, you know, Luke and Laura and all this from General Hospital. And it's kind of like that. We come in and we talk about the characters on these shows because they're horrible. They're like train wrecks. They're mental train wrecks. That's what they are. But they're wonderful. Well, I can't, I can't even find it. Like, they don't have a, uh, a history on here where I can see what we watched. But it was a really corny Netflix um, you know, Christmassy, you know, relationship movie. Mm. And, still I, have and as I was watching it, yeah, as I was watching it, I was thinking this, this definitely should be on the list of movies that Mark would want to watch. Oh yeah. But now I can't find it. So forget it. We'll move well, on. Well, we should start our weekly suggestion for cheesy Christmas music movies. What was your favorite last year? Let's see. Well, there's, you know, I can I, I don't even know the movies in my head, but I can give you titles and I guarantee they're movie. Right. Well, you know, my favorite part about this whole thing is when Christmas we do... in handcuffs, Christmas kiss. I think Christmas we saw the wedding, Christmas in handcuffs. That one was terrible. Christmas date. Yeah. Um, let's Doesn't see. Doesn't she steal the guy's car and the Christmas yes, in handcuffs? Christmas one? puppy. Um, the Christmas card. That was a heartwarming one. Well, that so what's so funny about these is that my wife and I will sit and watch these, and and always inevitably we will be two-thirds of the way through it. Because, of course, two-thirds of the way through one of the Hallmark Netflixy Christmas relationship movies, oh, yeah. everything falls apart, and, you know, every, you know, it's totally predictable. But my wife, she'll be sitting there, like, almost stressed, like, oh, I hope it works out. It's like, have you ever seen one of these that doesn't work out? No. No. Which would be awesome. We should make one where it doesn't work out. Everything just falls apart, and people just go on with their lives, like, eh, whatever, it didn't work out. I've, I've already Christmas got I, yeah I've already got two movies written in my head one a Disney classic and then the uh, second one is one of those Hallmark movies. Speaking of movies, uh, we went and saw the um, the Mister Rogers movie that 
Tom oh, Hanks is in. How was it? It was quite good. Was Mr. Rogers portrayed in a good light? I think that Tom Hanks did a really good job as Mr. Rogers. And yeah, he was portrayed in a very good light. Because like yeah. Mr. Rogers was a legit Christian, right? I, I think he was a Presbyterian minister, I think. There you go. Yeah. Well, but, the, 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 was he a legit Christian? It sure seemed like it to me. Awesome. Yeah. And so I, I was very, very good. I will, I will give it a, a thumb up. Okay. Yeah. Pretty clean? Yeah, there was nothing bad in the movie. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, it was good. You know, I didn't know if he was fighting off ninjas or, you know, had a girlfriend or something like that. Nope, never, nope, nope. They, is the, Hollywood has not met a story they can not mess up. Well, this one was really good. It that's was, cool. It was heartwarming. Oh, man, that's what I need. Yeah. Thaw it out. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yes. so... Um, His heart grew three times that day. Yes, it did. That's got to be painful. Um, enlarged heart is a very devastating thing. Really? Yeah, you don't want that. I was once told I had a heart like the Grand Canyon. Hmm. And I think that person meant it as a good thing. Yeah. And then my wife, under her breath, said, yes, full of rocks. (laughs) (laughs) And and, yes, and muddy water. So anyway, I'm a very caring person. Yes, I know. I feel feel cared for right now. There you go. All right. Um, We have some questions? Sure. I didn't preach this last weekend. Pastor no, Jason did. Pastor Jason did. Better did. to him than us, right? It was a great message, though. I listened to the message, and oh. I thought his points were spot on. They were really good. And, uh, yeah, it was a good message on gratitude. I think we need gratitude. We I was did. grateful for it. He had five really good answers to the question, why gratitude? Because God is good, because God gives good gifts, because it's the will of God, because it's good for us, and because it inspires others to show gratitude. I thought it was like super spot on. Really well done. If you, listener, have not listened to the message, you should go listen to it because it was good. Yeah, there you go. I, I recommend it. it. Highly. Highly. All right. Mm-hmm. Wow, here's a great question. Uh-huh. How's it feel to be 40? Yes. Yes. I did turn 40 on Thanksgiving Day. Any new aches and pains? Because it was such a special day for me, I decided to give everybody in the nation two days off and a whole bunch of sales at the stores. Well, (laughs) you're such a benevolent dictator. I'm a caring person. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it feels feels fine to be 40. No different than 39. No? Nope. I'm good. So no reflections? You didn't do a will or anything like that? Oh, I've been reflecting. Oh, really? All kinds of reflecting. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful for where I am at 40. Life is good. I think that's a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good place to be. You know, there are those times where you are reflective and you realize things could have gone a number of bad ways in the past. So I'm grateful for where I am. Like anything in particular? Nope, God is good. We won't go there. I don't. I, there's no need to reminisce on that sort of stuff. I think it's really great to sit back at any age and go, wow, I married the right person. Right, exactly. That's a big one, yep. right? That's huge. Because if you marry the wrong person... You know what? We have counseled with people who have been in a situation like that that's not fun yeah wouldn't want to be there and i mean just because the person's difficult doesn't mean they're the wrong person no if it's not the one that god really the the reality is you are probably the wrong person and you need to change there you go right i mean that i've given that counsel before yeah Mm -hmm. gosh how about those people that you just ask that they don't get married so so you're having a hard time with your spouse would you have married you knowing yourself at this point and then they kind of get that look like "Mm, yeah no mm -mm." yeah What, what what did you just ask have you ever, ever, ever done premarital counseling for people who are getting married for the very first time and they're like in their mid-30s or mid-40s? Yeah. And like, they're that's, really... That's a challenging one because they're pretty set in their ways. 
I think it would be easier to get married as like a late teenager, 18, 19, than it would yes. be to like 38. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I seriously, there was an argument in the room. One person likes to put their socks up in a ball. This was really... A real, uh, this, uh, not an art, but it was like, a, it, was, it was a point of contention about the drawers. Oh, get a different dresser. Yeah. And the, the, <laughs> the, I like my socks in a ball. Yeah. Not just cuffed and then thrown there. You know what really helped my marriage? Moving into a house that had separate closets. Really? Yeah. Are you a closet hog or is she? I think we both have problems. Yeah. I, she did get the bigger closet. I will say that much. But that, that was fine. I didn't need the big closet. But I, it was helpful when we had our own. Mm. I'm not the cleanest person. I'm sure you haven't noticed. And my wife is well, much more... Well, your office more isn't dirty. It's just disheveled. Disheveled. That's yeah, the right word. Yeah. My, my wife is it's highly a, no. organized. She's very organized. Your office is... Lived in. I was going to say not eccentric because that would mean you're a rich, crazy person. Uh, you're <laughs> disheveled. Disheveled. It's not, not rich, just crazy. Yeah, exactly. Disheveled. Exactly. No, your, your office is just... it's. Just it, it got, could it could be spruced it, up a little bit. It's in transition. Oh, okay, sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to call it that. I, then it's been in transition for a decade. My problem <laughs> is, I love jackets. I live okay, in one of the warmest places on the planet. I, I you know, it's I, funny. I love jackets. It's funny you bring this up because I just got another new jacket for my birthday. Oh, cool! Uh, what kind of jacket? North Face little thing, oh, here, a little man. lighter yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this one, my my mom got this for me. My All mom right. and my dad. And then, so I was looking in my closet, and yeah, same problem. I, I could wear a different jacket pretty much every day of winter. It's problematic. Yeah, I see, I I mean, I could throw away a pair of pants, no problem. Shoes, I don't throw my shoes away until they're like holes in them, mm-hmm. right? I like, they're like tires on my car. Yeah. I, I don't like buying shoes. Yeah. I'm not a shoe person. My wife loves shoes. So does mine, but okay. we won't go there because no. it'll get me into trouble. No, well, this is not an unhealthy uh, uh, you know, love of shoes, but she loves shoes. But I love jackets. Jackets are great. I've got jackets that don't even fit me that I swear I'm going to fit in again one day. Are they nice? Yes. Maybe they'd fit me. You know what? We could. Yes. Do you got any of your old fat jackets? No, I don't think so. Okay. Gosh. I mean, but I do have, I do have, like, I'm thinking right now of a, a uh, REI kind of polar fleece jacket. It's probably 20 years. I still love that thing. It's awesome. Oh. I'm getting rid of it. No, nope, yeah, can't get rid of it. Yeah, I've got this wax jacket like you wear Those in are Scotland. Cool. Yeah, like oh. the canvas waxed canvas. Yes, made in by Remington. A friend and of mine just glorious. bought a and friend of mine just bought a um, one of those canvas waxed backpacks. Yes, I was like, oh man, that's really cool. Yeah. So I mean, this thing is so hot and so rain repellent. But in my head, when I put that thing on, you're going to be hunting elk. I'm. I'm no. I'm hunting stags in mm. the hills of Scotland, mm-hmm. which I've done. But just you know, it's like a York peppermint patty. You feel the sensation. I love York peppermint patties. Yeah. As much as this peanut butter cup? I Well, you're you're eating the peanut butter cup now. I'm mm. just smelling the wrapper. Let me... Oh, that was good. Yeah. I got more. You want another one? No, I, I, I gave it the office. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Anyway, I love... Yeah, I've got a... Oh, gosh. I've got, like, stylish jacket. Like, well, maybe they're not stylish. How did we get on this topic? Because closets. Closets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, but I love... I've got camouflage jackets that I really shouldn't wear in public, but I do anyway. So anyway, okay. So at 40, you got your own closet. Mm. I'm saying I love our king-size bed. Uh, that's good, too. And all you have to do is go away someplace and sleep on like a, a yeah, full a or full a queen. Mm. 
No, Impossible. I like having my own zip code. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah, okay. we have kind of like a demilitarized zone through the middle exactly. of the bed. Exactly. Like nothing crosses. Okay? It's like the line of death right there. Don't do not cross. You know, Gandalf. You will right. not cross. All right, you will not pass. Okay. The pastor was talking about. This is Jason. The pastor. Yes, that Jason. pastor. Let's. Yeah. The pastor was talking about we don't have good perspective, like a cow giving birth. Does this mean he's calling us cows? I Man, did. okay. So I'm I got this. No, no, no. This I got this question because I I get the text messages with the questions, mm. and I I was taking the weekend off, and I get this texted question, and I read this, like a cow giving birth is the pastor calling us cows, and I was like, Good Lord, what is Jason talking about? So I had to go listen to the message, part partially just because I wanted to know what are you talking about? Yeah. So he well, talked about some vet helping deliver a baby cow, and the cow was like having a hard time, like, what in the world are you doing to well, me? Well, really the beef cows are mean, I guess, because they don't hang out with people. Are they? I didn't know this. No, I don't know, but that's probably why they end up being steak. He did talk about the beef cow, and so he was saying that the cow didn't understand that these people are trying to help, and he just thinks that it's painful, or she just thinks that it's painful because boy cows don't deliver calves. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, this is, a, this is a plant because this question came from one of the pastor's sons. Not my kids. No, 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 no. Pastor Jason's Oh, son. really? Yeah. Yep. Many sons had Pastor Jason. Yes. Wow. So it was a plant. It was no, a plant. he was not calling them cows. No, no. But it was a good illustration. I good. think it's funny that Jason likes to watch vet movies. Yeah, I didn't know that about Jason. You huh. know what? You know what? I love to watch golf movies, and I don't golf. Like Bagger Vance? Bagger Vance. I don't know if Caddyshack was really a golf movie. Uh, what was it? Tin Cup, the one with Costner. Oh, that one was really good. Yeah, where he blows the the major win at the end of it. That yeah, was awesome. Yeah, the, all, there's all kinds of the, golf movies are great. Yeah, you know Kevin Costner's been in a lot of good sports movies. Field yeah. of Dreams was great. Okay, so a great Kevin Costner movie uh-huh. that most women hate. Uh huh. Message in a bottle. He's in that. Pretty sure it's Costner. Yeah. I've never seen that one. You'll have to look it up on the, you know, the... No, the I'm afraid if I look it up, then it will end up on my list. I, I can only watch uh, So he's like, saves somebody in a sailboat and dies in the end. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, I definitely don't want to watch it now. Oh, it's great. You'll you'll never... Well, you could predict the end for Andrea. Well, there you go. There you go. Oh, I'm okay. sure she's seen it. I just haven't yeah. seen it. So he's not calling us... us no, he's not calling us them Us pastors cows. will go to the oddest places to try to explain something to people to make it simpler, and sometimes we even make it more complicated. Most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Mostly dead. Okay, so that wasn't even a question. Okay. Three, you talked about the gifts of God and then talked about the fruit of the spirit, I'm glad they used fruit. This is uh, this is another based on you. You is Jason. Okay. He talked about the gifts. What of about spiritual gifts? Are we going to talk about that? Um, no, not in this series. We did do a very long series on spiritual gifts when we were in First Corinthians a number of years ago. That's available on the website. But in this series, we are talking about some other gifts of God, like the gift of gratitude, which I do think is a gift that God has given to us, and we should give to other people. So we should give back to God, too. He deserves and is worthy of our gratitude. So, no, we're not going to be talking about spiritual gifts in this message, though that's a good thing to talk about. We do believe that the gifts of the Spirit are still available and in use today. Active, as we say. Active, yes. The Holy, Spirit, the Holy yeah. Spirit has not stopped working through his church. 
All right. Now, this looks like a legit Bible question here. Mm. Well, that last one, I guess, was legit. Yeah, you're right. Okay, number four. Can you please bring some light to the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and prophets in apostles today? I recently heard someone teaching that a prophet is to preserve the standard of God's word, bringing our world into divine focus is the effect of prophetic ministries. Hmm. That was a quote. A prophet is to preserve the standard of God's word, bringing our world into divine focus is the effect of the prophetic ministry. I have no idea what that part means. Bringing the, <clears throat> pardon me, bringing our world into divine focus. Hmm. What, what do you think that might mean? Maybe they're trying to like, bringing our world to a place where we focus on God? No, I think probably what they're trying to say is we're trying to get maybe, an, I'll, I'll quote myself, an okay. eternal perspective. An eternal perspective. On what's going on here on earth. Ah. Maybe, maybe ah. like that. Bringing our world into divine Speaking focus. Speaking of which, we had mentioned in our broadcast last week, 88 reasons why the rapture was going to happen in 1988. Yeah. I did download that entire Oh, you naughty pamphlet, boy. Hmm. And I started reading through it, and good Lord, that has got to be, the guy who wrote that, he spent a lot of time on that manifesto. Let me tell you. Really? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. And you know what? I have to say, he was ahead of his time because uh, that whole, uh, what's that guy's name, the blood moon guy? Mark Biltz. Biltz. Biltz, yeah. Um, his whole thing about the, the feast of trumpets and happens over two days. and yeah. Man, the 88 reasons why the rapture was happening in 1988. That guy had it. Decades before, so he's legit. Except that he was wrong, so he's well, not legit. You're not legit if you're wrong. He was legitimately wrong. <laughs> there you go. Sincerely, legitimately, yeah, wrong. Which go. in Old Testament times, you could end up in a stoning. Right. Okay. Back to the question: Can you please bring some light to apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher? Ephesians chapter four is where this comes from. Yeah. So let's just explain it the best we understand it. How's that sound? You know what I really like about this is. The person who texted this message, the original, and I changed it to a prophet, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, they did an acronym, APEST. APEST, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. And I was thinking, we're not really going to call this APEST now, are we? Well, but okay, I'm good with it. So um, they should invite us over. We'll see if we can be PEST or not. We totally are already. Okay, let, let me read the verse Ephesians 4. 11 and 12, which happened to be two very important verses in my life that I believe the Lord used in my life to help call me into the ministry. And I would say a lot of pastors feel the same way. It says, speaking about Jesus, and he, Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So can you give some insight on apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher? And this is saying... The question is here, are there still prophets, apostles today? Which is a valid question because, um, well, especially since Jesus, when he was talking about John the Baptist, he said all of the prophets were until John. So he's speaking about the office of like an old covenant, Old Testament prophet is different than what we would think of a prophet here. But this was written by Paul many years after Jesus had said that. So clearly prophet has a different meaning than what Jesus meant when he said that. So he was talking about the office of prophet, say like, uh, like Ezekiel yeah. or, well, we should probably say like Elijah or Elisha, you know, they, they, they functioned and are very 
important role in the nation of Israel in ancient times as a prophet speaking forth the word of God <clears throat> and sometimes foretelling what was going to be coming down the pike, if you will. Yeah, well, like Jonah was a prophet. Jonah was a prophet, but he really didn't want it. Well, you know, he never really got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Veggie Tales. Mm-hmm. It moved me, Bob. <laughs> where is my hairbrush? Oh, where? I actually do sing that when I can't find the hairbrush at home for the kids. Oh, where? You got to watch out. They'll hide my it hairbrush. just to hear you sing it. No, they don't want to hear me sing that. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Dad's singing again. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, so Prophet, when Jesus said that all of the prophets were until. Oh, he's going for another Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Another, I'm just I'm reading something. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. Uh, when Jesus said all the prophets were until John. He must have been talking about something different than what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians oh. chapter 4. And um, so we need to recognize that as an important thing. Generally speaking, and I, I tend to kind of lean this direction as well, a lot of people when they talk about a prophet in a New Testament sense would be someone who is forth-telling the scriptures, preaching the scriptures, proclaiming the scriptures. So we could think of like a person who's in a preaching capacity, that's kind of a general way that people use that. And Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, uh, the later chapters, when he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he talks about people prophesying within the church. And, um, and he even talks about women prophesying within the church, yep. which um, is a fascinating passage of Scripture for people that have a real problem with uh, women in ministry. But that's for another discussion. So the apostle, um, I think somebody's phone is buzzing. Anyway, so um, the apostle in this passage, again, uh, there are the apostles that were the, the ones that Jesus selected. An apostle means one sent with a message. So he had a group of people that he ordained, commissioned, sent with a message to go in all the places and preach the gospel. And so we think of people like Peter and John and James and Bartholomew and Thomas and so forth. And then, you know, Paul refers to himself as an apostle in his own letters. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You look at Galatians 1 and Philippians 1 and Ephesians 1 and a whole bunch of those passages. So he functioned in an apostolic role. And so someone sent with a message in the Ephesians 4 sense, I would say, is probably like a missionary. Someone who has been ordained and commissioned to go and carry the word of God into other places. So I would classify them as kind of a, a missionary in that sense. So so I, I think you could probably read this kind of like missionary, preacher, evangelist, pastor. That's a shepherd, someone who oversees uh, a church and ministers to the people, and then teacher, all these roles, are they have some similarities. But what I think is really important about this passage is they all have the same goal. Uh, Jesus is the one who commissions people to be apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. They all are for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So they all have that, that goal, that function. Okay, so we would say there's not the office of prophet like there was in the Old not Testament. Not like the Old Testament. Today, yeah. but there is prophecy right. today. Yeah, and I, I would say, generally speaking, I would put it not in the sense of like predicting what is going to come to pass. However, I will say we're going to talk a lot about this when we get into the book of Deuteronomy in the new year, that a lot of the prophetic works of the Old Testament, think of Isaiah and Jeremiah, they are strictly applying exactly what Moses had said in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy in the later chapters, Moses said, if you obey God's law, these are the blessings that are going to happen. And if you disobey, here's the curses that are going to be that are going to happen. And so, when the prophets come, they're basically applying exactly what what uh, Moses said there, and they're saying, "Hey, listen, here's the prediction, just like God already said. 
this is kind of a cause and effect prediction here. If you do the right thing, you're going to be blessed. And if you don't, you're going to be expelled from the land. And that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. So their predictions in that sense are conditional predictions. It's like, hey, if you do ABC, here's the results that are going to come. You do this, here's the results that are going to come. You can still do that. I mean, how often do we have conversations with people where they're asking for input or counsel and we say, hey, if you do this, this, and this, this is probably what's going to happen here. And we're predicting the outcome here based on what the scriptures say. And uh, we're not necessarily giving a thus saith the Lord, the Philistines are going to come and destroy you. But we are going to say, if you make that decision, it might not go well for you. Right. And so we define it for people. And you've probably had this happen a bunch of times. Somebody comes to you with an issue or problem or something. And you have this little thought run through your head that I usually believe is a God-placed thought. So would you classify that a word of knowledge? So, or word of wisdom? Though I was going to say, is that a word of knowledge? Is that a prophetic moment? Or is that discernment? Yes, yes, yes. All three. Okay. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. These are all from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the fruits of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit. So, yeah. Right. And they're not done to get the winning lotto numbers. They're. Yeah, that kind of prophecy hasn't worked. Yeah, yet. no, no. But you're given that to benefit that person, ultimately to benefit the kingdom of God, to glorify God. It's because you present. Well, maybe the Lord has you thinking about this. You do the, run them down that road a little right. bit and do that. So that's always a, it's a little different, you know, but it, it happens today. That's why people, when people say, oh, well, there's no prophetic word for today or this or that, I go, I would disagree with you. It's I, not an office of prophet, but. Um, so I have two additional thoughts on this. Yeah. One, I don't know about you, but I always get a little squeamish, shall I say? When I meet a person, this has probably happened, I don't know, a good three, four times, a person who tells me that they Let me are. guess. Let me guess. Okay, please. I heard this from the Lord. No, not that one, though you're close to a prophet. Uh, when people tell you, they introduce themselves as, I'm a prophet. Oh, that's, yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, there's Dorothy. Look at that. We love Dorothy. She's kind of a prophetess sometimes because she'll go, Absolutely. you know what? If you keep that up, this is going to happen. There you go. She She's has that old it. Jewish grandmother the, thing. The Elijah yeah. thing right there. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the first thing that I, I get a little squeamish when I meet people and they tell me they are a prophet. But what you said is true too. That was something I wasn't thinking about, but it's totally true. When someone comes and says, the Lord has a word for you. And I'm like, oh, goodness, here we go. Uh, and it's always second, in King James. Thus saith the Lord. I just Do you talk like that all the time? No. No, please no. don't do it in my presence. I get my prophetic messages just like I'd order a pizza. I don't know. Yeah. So um, the other side of this, bringing our world into divine focus is the effect of prophetic ministries. I still am not clear on what that means, but I will say that I do think it's important to kind of shift people's focus that they would see that God is still actively involved in this world today because there's a lot of skeptics out there and they need to see God working and it needs to be pointed out sometimes by something of a prophetic voice that says, hey, you know, that's the Lord's doing. I think it's really cool what Jason brought up in his message, and you do it from time to time too, and I think it's a really good thing. You bring something in that psychologist or science or right. something is discovered, and it's like, yeah, here it is, chapter and verse. God said this, you know, thousands of years ago. Right. Come on, people, get a glove, get in the game. I mean, that's why I'm not afraid of science. That's the way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, don't program. be afraid of science. Science don't is be good. Of science. No, you just can't only believe in science. Science helped make Reese's peanut butter cups. There you go. All right, so that person can get back if we did not answer it. But I think, yeah, it was a pretty comprehensive answer. I think. Yeah, I th- yeah. 
If we do say so ourselves. Yeah, you know. And we just did. Well, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I will. Okay. Boop, boop. Okay. Uh, well, the, here's like one of your, you know, this is a book you know really well here. Uh, so uh, number five, Isaiah 42, five through six. My wife just started Isaiah yeah, and her right. devotion. So that's she's, right. man, she's got your stuff. She's got, man, she's got piles of, she's going to be the compendium of knowledge on this. Right on. Done. Yeah. Um, it says, and spirit to those who walk in it. Is this referring that's a direct to quote. the Holy Spirit? Direct quote, quote, quote. You have the verse in front of you. I don't. I, I did. I just brought it up. Um, I think it's really important to read this in context. So I'm going to read a few verses before. Let's be contextual, shall we? Yes, because a text without a context. Yeah, not yeah. a good idea. Anyways, uh, Isaiah 42, verses 5 and 6, but we're going to skip back to the beginning to verse 1. Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Hmm. Is that the start of a song? It is. Oh, okay. I kind of caught part of it, but I'm... I think it was Julie Andrews, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I, I kind of got, yeah. like a Mary Poppins or Sound of Music sort there you of go. thing going Some on ish there. going. Yeah. Behold my servant, Isaiah 42, verse 1, whom I uphold, my elect one. And if you look at this in the Bible... There's a whole bunch of capital words here. My elect one is all capitals. My soul, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, capital H. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. So very clearly from Isaiah 42, verse one, the servant, the elect one, the one in whom God's soul delights, the one upon whom the spirit, capital S, is They're talking about abiding, somebody here. The one who's bringing forth justice to the Gentiles. That's Jesus. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands, that's the distant lands, Gentile lands, shall wait for his law. Thus says the God, thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out. This is the verse that they're talking about, verse five, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath, to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you, Jesus, in righteousness, and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. So is the spirit, at the end of verse 5, where it says, and spirit to those who walk on it, is that the Holy Spirit? No. In context, it is not. It is a poetic kind of stream of words being said here where it's talking about the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth, which comes from it. He gives breath to the people on it and spirit, the word spirit there is the Greek word ruach, which is also breath to those who walk on it. So he has given us life. So it's talking about God who created. So the spirit in Isaiah 42 verse five is not the Holy Spirit. Though if you back up to 42 verse one, where it says, I have put my spirit, God says, I put my spirit upon him. You have the Trinity right there in Isaiah 42, mm. verse 1. God the Father is speaking. The Holy Spirit is present. The hymn is Jesus. So you have the Trinity there. That would be the Holy Spirit in verse 1. But in verse 5, I don't think it is. Okay. Yeah. So that question is answered. I think so. I've got an Isaiah question for okay. you. Okay. So Isaiah is basically broken into two parts, is what it sounds first like. first 39 chapters in the last... 27, just kind of like the Bible because it's 66 chapters. Wow, and amazing. Books. Yes. Um, and so there's a couple schools of thought on that. Uh. You know, there's the whole, did Isaiah write the whole thing? Mm. How could he have because of the time span that right. it took place over? Right. And so there was the one theory that... There's one Isaiah? That Isaiah... 
did the whole thing and the I, I don't know what is it a it was like a space time continuum thing continuum or continuum compendium? something like okay. that yeah and Doc then Brown, the second one was it was the uh, his kind of disciples that finished it mm. there's a couple schools of thought what did you think on that uh, so there's actually three ideas on the book of Isaiah one is called the Deutero Isaiah view Ooh. which is that there's two Dude. Isaiahs two different guys who write Isaiah. Then there's the Trito Isaiah, which there's three Isaiahs. And the, the view on this is that there's one Isaiah who writes the first 39 chapters. There's another Isaiah who writes the last 27 chapters. That's the Deutero Isaiah. So it's kind of like Shamu at SeaWorld. There's kinda, a lot kinda. of them. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the three Isaiah view is that there's one Isaiah who wrote Isaiah 1 through 39. There's another who wrote verse, chapter 40 through 54. And then there's a third who wrote 55 through 66. I do not agree with either one of those. And I believe that Jesus affirms that there is one Isaiah in John chapter 12, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And he quotes from the prophet Isaiah twice. And he says singularly, as Isaiah said, and he quotes once from the first half of Isaiah and once from the second half of Isaiah. So, so he doesn't he doesn't go, you know... He doesn't, as the one of the Isaiahs said. Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Jesus held that there was one Isaiah. I believe that the internal and external evidence of the book of Isaiah supports the one Isaiah view. Okay. Yeah. But... So Jesus was a one Isaiah kind of guy. Yeah. And there is, there is a clear division in the book of Isaiah, and it's important to recognize the division because from Isaiah 1 to 39, the predominant problem that Israel was facing at that time, that well, Judah was facing, was the Assyrian army. Well, because they were lame was the overall part. Well, yeah, that's yeah. always the problem. Yeah, they're being lame, so God had to send the Assyrians in. And then Isaiah 39, uh, the Assyria problem gets taken away. And from Isaiah 40 on, it's the Babylon, Babylon problem. Yep. And so you have a shift in focus. And so we're no longer talking about the Assyrians in the 8th century. Then we're looking forward to the coming of the Babylonians in the 6th and 5th centuries. So, yeah. And that's a space of how many years? So Isaiah, he prophesied through the reign of four different kings and probably five. Uh, what was it? Um, gosh, my mind is not going very well right now. Maybe Isaiah you need another prophet. Reese's peanut butter tree. You know what? The peanut butter trees are very, very important. Um, but yeah, so Isaiah is, um, I'm still smelling that wrapper. Really? It's like Christmas in a wrapper. Uzziah. Uzziah. He was the first king. Yep. Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. Hezekiah. So he prophesied during the reign of those four kings, very little period of time during the time of uh, Uzziah, the first king. And then it's very likely that Isaiah was martyred, killed by the son of Hezekiah, uh, a guy by the name of Manasseh. And, uh, mm. he was not a good king. He, he finished better than he started as it relates to the Lord, but he was still not a great king. So uh, he had a very long career as a prophet, Isaiah did. Many, 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 many decades. Wow. A good 40 years or more. All right. It's a good book. I really like the book of Isaiah. I know you do. Yeah. I've taught so. it probably 10 times at the Bible College. Wow. Yeah. So in John twenty twenty three, another question. John yeah, twenty question because I think you we've more than answered that. Yeah, beat up on that. Isaiah in John twenty twenty three, is Jesus giving his disciples the power to forgive sins? This verse seems to support Catholics' confession. Ah, okay. Let's read the context. John twenty, verse twenty one. Uh, it says, "So Jesus said to them, his disciples, again, peace." to you as the Father has sent me, so I also send you. That's one of the commissioning statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, on his, on his disciples, and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Then he said this, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. 
If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Uh, so does this mean that we Christians have the ability to absolve people of their sins, absolution, which would be a Catholic concept of the priest? Uh, it is not the same as the way that the Catholics might view this or the issue of confession. However, Jesus, when he commissioned his disciples in Matthew 28, he says, all authority is given to me on heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. So Jesus, he gives to us, bequeaths, if you will. He gives to us authority. And this is an issue of that authority here in that passage. Now, forgiveness is always on the basis of Christ's death and resurrection. So it's not like we are absolving people by anything we have done. We have, however been given authority by Christ because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross to express to people that their sins can be forgiven and are forgiven as they confess their sins, just as 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. So if someone comes to you, Pastor Mark, mm-hmm. and they say, Mark, I've sinned and I, I, need, I need God to forgive me, what would you tell that person? Say 40 Hail Marys uh-huh. and Give me a Reese's. Five our fathers. Five our fathers. Three Reese's Christmas trees, and you're absolved. You're fired, my son. Yeah, yeah. I'm turning off your Christmas tree. There you go. Oh, boom. Yeah, you are no. the weakest link. No, that's not what you'd say. No. What, what What might you say? I would tell them they need to go before the Lord and ask to be forgiven. And if they they did that right there with you and you prayed with them, what would you tell them afterwards after they confess their sin? Now go, my child, in peace. No. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. In a sense, yeah. yeah. Be at peace for this and know that it's hey, forgiven. you're forgiven. And the Lord's yeah. forgiven you. Do you have the authority to tell that person that, hey, you're forgiven? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. they confess their sins, just as First John 1, 9 says. So we're not absolving people of their sins, but we are saying, hey, based on what Jesus did on your behalf, you're forgiven. Right. I've had that conversation literally dozens of times with people who are condemned by their own sin. It's like, well, have you confessed it to the Lord? No. Well, let's do that right now. I'm going to give you a chance to pray. 1 John 1, 9 says you confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. So they do that right there. Say, hey, you know what? You're forgiven. Yeah. You have been released. You've been pardoned. That doesn't so mean you forgiven. and I have any juice. Yeah, We're I just encouraging it. the person. Yeah. I'm just declaring to you. Yeah. You're forgiven. Peter does this. Can I relight my Christmas tree now? Or? I turned it back okay, on. Thanks. You're forgiven. Yeah, okay, You're forgiven, my Mecca, son. Like a high, like a high yeah. 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 Um, Peter yeah. did that. Acts 2, he declared forgiveness over the people who confessed and repented. Wow. Yeah. I had a question coming to me today, but not by text. Really? Not today, yesterday. Interesting question. Uh-huh. Um, the fifth commandment. Fifth commandment. First one with the promise. This would be honor your father and your mother. Yeah, and if you do that, it'll go well with you in the land. And this person you was You will pondering. have Reese's peanut butter cup. There you go. Ooh, that this does smell good. This person was pondering, well, if you don't honor your mother and father, is there any part of that Uh that maybe it wouldn't go well with you in the land? Hmm. What do you think? Especially if you lived in the Old Testament. Oh, yeah, you'd get a beat down. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't tolerate uh, people dishonoring. There is foolishness bound up in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction drives it, drives it far from him. Drives yeah. it. I mean, I have input in the question, but I, I'm just kind of curious what you, how you feel about that whole thing. I do think that this is one of the areas where the principle of sowing and reaping comes in. Hmm? And okay. I, I do think that it's probably not a good thing to set up a pattern in your life 
where you disobey and dishonor those who are in authority over you. And the first ones that God has placed in authority over you are your parents. And so I think if you're not honoring and obeying those who God has given to you to raise you, then uh, you're probably setting up a pattern in your life that's going to be destructive. Right. That would be my, my first thoughts on yeah. that. I know that back when I was a youth pastor, we would have these sometimes these discussions with parents. Did you say youth master? Youth pastor. Oh, that. Okay. The master blaster, youth mm-hmm. pastor. Um, I think we should have Reese's peanut butter cups every time. Yeah? Mm. I don't think, I, I think I would put on weight. But we only record this once a week. I'm just sniff. I'm just, still, I'm still smelling the wrapper from this. That smells like gloriousness. Anyway. Sorry, I totally cut you off. Anyway, Squirrel. so, but I would have the discussion sometimes with parents if I was in like a counseling situation with parents and a child who was pretty, you know, not honoring their parents in, in this and that. It's like we set a pattern as people if we allow our children there's to that pattern dishonor us mm-hmm. uh, and we don't correct them on it, we, we put them in a really bad situation because as they get older and they're not um, honoring the authority that God has put above them as far as it could be as simple as the police department or the law or those things, but also like their bosses, uh, maybe later on the authority that a, the spouse has, you're really setting them up for a miserable life. And I'll tell you what, it's, 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 I'm not saying it's a spiritual curse, but boy, it's a... It's a not, it does not go well with you in the land if you cannot accept authority. Yeah, you know. Um, and you dishonor authority. Paul, in quoting this same commandment in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, mm. he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's the first part. It's right and righteous. Mm-hmm. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may be well with you, that you may live long in the earth. And then he says this in verse 4, which I think is also important, which goes in line with what you were saying. And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, right. but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So um, a father can fail mm-hmm. in training his children in the you know training and admonition of the Lord. And by doing so, he is, and, and I would kind of change the wording just slightly in verse four, do not promote your children to wrath, that you are setting them on a bad path towards judgment because God ordained that you would be dad you and mom would be the parents of the children to train them up in the way that they should go. And, you know, parents can certainly fail in that. And I think there are three basic institutions that God has established in creation for the training of individuals. There is the family. That's Mm -hmm. where it starts. And if they fail at that level, then there is the church. And hopefully it is emphasized also within the church. But if that doesn't work, then there is society and government. And um, ultimately... If that person isn't trained towards righteousness or encouraged towards righteousness, then they will stand before God one day for judgment. We all will. So I think we got to do our part of helping our children be raised in the Lord. None of us is perfect at that, you know, but um, we have to do that. Yeah. it's. I think sometimes with Christians, there's a little bit of confusion as to how important the Ten Commandments are even today. Yeah. You know, so there's a little... Uh, that might be a good series. The 10? The Big 10? The Big 10. Yeah, Do it I've thought about that season. before. I have thought about Big 10 before. Hmm. We are going to be talking about that because we're going into Deuteronomy. the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Cool. And I have been reading up on the book of Deuteronomy. And uh, it's a great book. It's going to take us about 10 years to get through it because it took us 10 years to get through the whole story of Acts. So, 
Well, yeah, you were. I'm, I'm kind of well, Romans. But, but see, I'm kind of planning on using Deuteronomy as a map for the Old Testament. That's kind of what you did with Acts, right? right if I remember yeah. right, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. We'll see so how it for goes. you line upon liners out there. You're going to love this. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Pray, pray. You got to pray just to make it today. Yeah. So when you turn 50, we'll still be in Deuteronomy. It's a good possibility. Hey, there you go. Never going to run out of Bible. That's for sure. 50. That'll be the year of Jubilee. There you go. Do you ever see these? Uh, there's some kids in the store that maybe the fifth commandment needs to happen. I've almost been tempted to help with the fifth commandment a few times in that scenario. Have you ever listened to the comedian Angela Johnson? Can't say that I have. She is Mexican American. Oh, okay. And she says, "I'm a, I'm I'm Mexican." He goes, "And you know what we do? We spank Discipline other, people's, other people's kids. Yeah, we spank other people's totally. kids. Yeah." And she goes into this whole thing of spanking some other person's kid in the store because they're being bad. And she's like, "Hey, lady, I just did you a favor. I I, I would love to see that." I'm thinking of a an old comedy routine I heard. Maybe you heard it before. Boot to the head. No. Oh, I'll have to do that one later. Okay. It kind of fits with that that whole thing. Check anyway, so um, I, do we have any more questions? I think we're, we're done. We're out we're of done. questions. We are, but we're not out of Reese's peanut butter cups. So, ooh. Well, loyal listeners, what should the word be this week? We were gonna. I want to know what people's favorite candy is. Ooh, yeah. Let's hear it. So. Or even the slogan from their favorite candy. Because mm. there's candy What's the slogans. peanut butter cup slogan? I don't even know. I've been eating these things forever, and I don't know what the... Too great taste, something together, I think. Is that, is that what it is? Reese's. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say on here. Like, it just says, celebrate. Okay. Celebrate? Celebrate. Peanut butter trees, yummy, six really? pack. Mm. Wow. Uh-huh. Craziness. All right. Well, yeah, we, I want to hear what their favorite candy is. Yes, tell us what or your favorite Or they can come candy. up and tell us you guys got just enough brains to be dangerous. Almond Joy's got nuts. Uh, Peter Paul Mounds don't. Peter Paul Mounds don't? Yeah. I didn't know Peter that. Paul Peter Paul was the name of the candy company. Really? Yeah. Huh. Crazy. I didn't know that at all. This was before my time. You better check that out, and then let's see. I think they got, um, I think they got purchased. Snickers. They had one. I love the Snicker commercials where it's like, Oh, Betty White. Roseanne Barr. Oh, yeah. And then they give, here, you need to eat a Snickers. And, yeah. yeah those awesome. are great commercials. A York peppermint patty. When I bite into a York peppermint patty. Yeah, I get the yeah. sensation of being on a tall and wintry you mountain. You and you hear that little. Yeah. Get the sensation. Yeah. yeah. You ever had jujubes? Yeah. See, I was just going to ask you, what, what candy do you not like? It would be at the top of the list of, I do not like these candies. And jujubes would be very near because they get so stuck oh, in the teeth. Yeah. They're just, those are like the Dennis friend. Yeah. Pretty much. I don't like the licorice flavored juji fruits. Like real licorice. Yeah. Black licorice. Yeah. And I don't like like the jelly Germans, beans. the Germans and the Dutch, they love licorice. And I actually started to develop a little bit of a taste because their licorice is pretty pretty good. But yeah, yeah I can't. And I can't. Really yeah, no. But the cheap either. stuff is uh, no. I'm like I'm not a big fan of like Hershey bars. Like As cheap time chocolate, I yeah, don't cheap like. chocolate is not great. As time goes by, the candy that I have the hardest time with are sour candies. They just man, they make my mouth. It's like why does why do people eat this for enjoyment? Like, my this daughter loves those things. I don't know yeah. why the sour like, gummy. Just worms. thinking about them, my mouth starts to hurt. Hmm. Yeah, I can't do it. You ever have Mexican candies? They're kind of spicy. Yeah. We were at a wedding recently. Yeah. The That's whole family. Right. We, okay. Because you were there yeah, too. I was there too. 
So uh, that was the, a great wedding. I had Nick, fun at that wedding. Nick and Adela wedding. Yeah, and they had Spanish type candy stuff there. No, those are Mexican candy. They're Mexican not Spanish. Those okay, are Mexican sorry. candy. Those are legit. I got to get my ethnicities right. Yeah. So my kids went and grabbed because you know my kids they see candy and there's no parent oh, to tell yeah. them no. They're just like oh candy. So they get they bring back all this candy to the table and I'm like sitting there going they're not going to like this. You right. Know? Sure enough, the looks on their faces when they bit into these things that looked from a distance so amazing and then this like yeah. spicy it's like chili a plum pepper candy pit rolled in in yeah, chili like, powder. They got this look like, oh, what have I done? I got all this candy yes. and I can't possibly eat it. And a lot of that stuff's made in China, so it's full of lead. But yeah, it tasted no, great. it's made in Mexico City or no, something. No, a lot of the Mexican candies now are made in China, if you look That's at the wrapper. That's just wrong. I know. Well, well, hey, all the Chinese food at the Chinese restaurants around here are made by a lot of times by Hispanic people that work there. There you go, so, our people. Yeah. You know, so, I guess they're getting it back. They're saying, well, we're going to cook, we're going to make your candy then. There you go. Well, when I looked in the uh, my favorite uh, Thai place, uh-huh. my brothers and sisters were back there. I went and had some Indian food last night. Do you like Indian food? Uh, it's it's probably one of my... There is some Indian food I will eat, and it's okay, but it's not something I ever oh, okay. go out for. We, we went out yeah. to uh, do Christmas shopping last night. Had nice. a little Christmas shopping date. And Andrea said, well, are we going to go out to dinner? I said, sure. Where do you want to go? Well, she said, well, where do you want to go? I said, how about Indian food? She said, oh, yeah. So we had Indian food. It was good. Very good. Mm. Chicken tikka masala. Yep. Butter chicken. Uh, shrimp, uh, tikka shrimp, which was super spicy and good. It was good. It was good. Anyway, so uh, we should probably go. All right. Yeah. Until we meet again. So What's your favorite candy bar? Yeah, I want to know what their favorite candy is. Check us out next week where we are smart enough to be dangerous. Maybe. Adios. Adios. Wow.